We come to this place for magic. We come to pop overview, to laugh, to cry, to drink. Because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when we hit the play button and go somewhere we've never been before. Sound that I can feel. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Together. Pop Poor Review. We make movie podcasts better. I know facts like this because I've worked for an insurance company, Consolidated Life of New York. We're one of the top five companies in the country. Our home office has 31,259 employees, which is more than the entire population of uh, Natchez, Mississippi. I work on the 19th floor, Ordinary Policy Department, Premium Accounting Division, Section W, Desk Number 861. My name is C.C. Baxter, C for Calvin, C for Clifford, however most people call me Bud. Welcome back, everybody. Have you popped open a beer or poured yourself a glass of wine yet? Because you're listening to Pop Pour Review with Jimmy Chico. Hello. Kelly Gong. Hi. And myself, Matt Chico. We're the movie podcast where we journey through the IMDb Top 250 Movies list. Uh, if you don't have a drink yet, you can try today's inspired drink based off number 100, The Apartment. It is The drink is The Key. Rum, vodka, Midori sour, and lemonade. Uh, so number 100, The Apartment, 1960. Uh, at the time of the recording, it's number 100. Director Billy Wilder, writer Billy Wilder, and I.A.L. Diamond, starring Jack Lemmon, Shirley MacLaine, and Fred McMurray. IMDb rating 8.3 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes score is critics 93%, audience is 94%. Letterbox 4.4 out of 5. Uh, box office 18 million, which adjusts to 193 million. And worldwide, it was 24 million, which adjusts to around $255 million. Oscars, it won Best Picture, won Best Director, was nominated for Best Actor for Jack Lemmon, was nominated for Best Actress for Shirley MacLaine, was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Jack Crucian. Uh, it won Best Screenplay, won Best Production Design, won Best Editing, was nominated for Best Cinematography, and it was nominated for Best Sound. Um, moving, I, What else was nominated that year? Do you remember off the top of your head? Um, I'd have to look. 1950? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, 60, no, sorry. 60. 1960, okay. So that year, um, I have not heard of any of these movies. Uh, it was The Alamo, Elmer Gantry, Sons and Lovers, and The Sundowners. Okay, so this seemed like it deserved to win because it won <laughs> a bunch of stuff. Uh, okay, moving on to Shotgun Facts. Um, Jimmy, would you start with your Shotgun Facts? Sure. This was the last black and white movie to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards until The Artist... And they're saying that Schindler's List doesn't count because there's some red in it. That was mine. Okay. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I, I, Is it considered a black and white movie, though, Schindler's List? Technically? I never saw it, so I don't know what's um, No, because it's got little bits of color. Is it just the coat that's red, no, or is there other a, stuff? No, there's a candle in the beginning. Oh, okay. Um, Kelly, your shotgun fact? Uh, so, in the scene, spoiler alert, where uh, apparently the scene where um, the doctor... Uh, Dr. Dreyfus comes in mm-hmm. and tries to wake up Shirley MacLaine. They had an actual physician on the set and he was like, so like when you see it, he's like actually slapping the shit out of Shirley MacLaine. But the doctor on set was like straight up. He was like, actually, that's not a hundred percent medically correct. We would actually hit her much harder. So you should probably redo it and hit her harder than you were hitting before. But the director was just like fucking no, like her face is all red so like we're done with this scene and when i was watching it i was like oh shit i was like i know for a fact that he's slapping the shit out of her right now but i also appreciate the fact for back then that they weren't like go again 
please get slapped again. He no, was like, yeah. you know what? No, that's enough. Actually, when I read that, I was like, I was a little shocked because I was like, I actually can't believe that he's like, no, 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 we're good on that. Like, we don't need to hit her harder. Yeah. Because I was also just like, you can already feel the impact of those slaps. Like, mm-hmm. how much harder do you want people to, like, feel that? Yeah. Also, like, imagine if that happened now. Oh. Well, <laughs> the only person I can see doing that, director-wise, is Mine like, is David O. Russell. Mine was going to be David Fincher. I was going to say he, David Fincher. If he didn't get it right, like... That and and I was reading a lot of the notes about Billy Wilder. No, but like I feel like David O. Russell would actually be like, do not like fake slap, like do the oh, full slap. Yes, <laughs> but like in the same way, like he personality wise, he would make you slap, get slapped again. Well, David Fincher for the film, he would make you get that, slapped. That's again. like that's like in uh, this is the end when Michael Sarah is like, I can't get this right. I just got to slap Rihanna's ass, and she goes, Fine, but I got to slap you in the face afterwards. And then he did it once, and he was like, Okay, we're not doing that again. And it's hilarious. Excellent. Um, but Billy Wilder, though, like reading stuff about him, seemed very. David Fincher-esque. Well, the German shit he did at the... Did you read the one about him, like, going to a rally? No. Like, so, like, he was at a dinner in East Germany, and they were um, basically, like, praising him, and he was like, yeah, like, this stuff that happened with the apartment would never happen in East Germany, and they were all like, yeah, 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 fuck yeah, bro. But then he was like, that's because no one in East Germany can fucking... Or what was it? Uh, what... They, they can't afford an apartment. They can't afford an like apartment. That. And he was like, yeah, because no one in East Germany can have an apartment. And then everyone went, like, fucking silent because it was just like, that was a dig. Yeah. <laughs> and he also, like, I, I I mean, besides Jack Lemon, he was like, you have to stick to the script, which reminded me of David Fincher because I know he's like, yeah, that's funny if you think you're going to improv for my movie. No, it's, <laughs> it's what I'm doing. But I think, like, and also, like, apparently he had, like, the editor on set. to make, Like, he seemed very, like, like it's like we have to film it like we're done after we start filming like in his mind this is done by the time we're done shooting which i think which makes a good movie i've never seen a billy wilder movie but made me more excited after seeing this one are you i think you're the same right yeah this is the first one you've seen all of them right i haven't seen all or like you've seen a good majority of them i've seen all i know i've seen some like it hot and you love that movie. I do love that movie. I'm just trying to think what else he's done because I'm blanking. Oh, 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 oh. He did Sunset Boulevard. Yes. And which you, and you I love also that. love. That's like that. your favorite movie. And Double Indemnity, which I do love. Yeah. Oh, I've seen a lot of his so movies. So you've seen the highlights of his. But like he, he th- very rarely do I see a movie where I'm like, damn, like now I'm excited to see like his movies just because of his, the way he directs. And I think the only two big ones that I haven't seen yet are um, Sabrina and The Seven Year Itch. But my shotgun fact is that I never knew that the musical Promises Promises was based off the apartment. And then they had another, they had they revived it back in like 2010 with like Christian Chenoweth and Sean Hayes, which I think are great, Shirley MacLaine and Jack Lemmon. But I just never knew that was a thing. I completely got that confused. I thought you were talking about Sweet Charity and I'm like, Christina Applegate's in that. I don't know what Sweet Charity is, so no. That's why I was like, I don't think that's based off the apartment, but what do I know? Well, that's why I was wrong. Well, surprise, shotgun fact. Um, surprise, <laughs> I didn't know that. So yeah, so there was there was some fun stuff about this movie that I feel like if you want to read more about it, you definitely should. Just the, I mean, side note before we move on, just the whole opening when he's like, "My apartment costs five dollars, and I make five dollars," and I'm like, "Oh," and I live I live on the Upper West Side in a brownstone, almost like pretty much. I was like, "That wasn't a brownstone." No, I know, apartment. but the way he was saying it was just pretty much like I he, he I was have, just like he was like. It's $75 a month for my apartment, and I make a total of $95 a yeah, week. <laughs> he, yeah, he's like, it's like Bud's salary is $94 and something cents. Uh, that's that's seven seven that's seven sixty nine a week, 40000 a year. Um, his 
His rent was $85 a month. I was like, that's unacceptable. <laughs> um, he got paid. He paid $15 for a bowler hat, which I guess was very expensive. It's the junior executive hat. That's true. Matt. And a $100 cash Christmas gift is what he was given. And I think in 2022, it was like $950. I'm like, that sounds nice. That's nice. <laughs> that, that was a that was like a charm of the movie that I think made it funnier was like the things you couldn't get away with now, like the Christmas party and all that stuff. I'm yeah. like, that makes it funnier because like that probably wasn't funny back then. Well, that was like, like Mad Men. Yeah. But like, I feel like it was just done differently. I mean, I guess I never saw Mad Men, so maybe it was more in the comedy. It was uh, used for comedy. It was crazy. And the but was it parties? used for comedy? Yeah, they were riding a lawnmower in the office and someone runs over someone's foot oh. and blood goes all over the place. It was a great episode. But yeah, that I feel like that, but probably when you're in the theater, you're just like, okay, it's a Christmas party. And I'm like, that's hilarious because like there are just people with like actual lampshades on their head making out. And I'm like, not today. You barely have a Christmas party. Well, they today. basically said that was like a real ass fucking they party. They said they yeah. shot that on December 23rd to get the Christmas spirit. So it they were like, only got to film this once because everyone's totally like into this. Exactly. Now, before we move on to the summary, do you think this is just as much of a Christmas movie as It's a Wonderful Life? This is nowhere near This is a not a Christmas movie. movie. I know, but I don't consider It's a Wonderful Life a Christmas I movie. I would consider It's a Wonderful Life a, more of a Christmas movie than this. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but I, I don't, think they're just as much equal Christmas movies. Okay, th- this... This took place around Christmas time. And It's a Wonderful Life took place took, around Christmas time. Took place over the course of a couple months. Which one? The apartment. I know it mostly was Christmas time. It was from Christmas to New Year's. Okay. It was around that time. Okay, but I don't know. Because It's a Wonderful Life is really, it's not about, it's only it took place during Christmas. You know what the thing is, I can but, see where you're coming from, but It's a Wonderful Life is like a movie about like what we like about the holidays where it's like valuing your life and stuff like that, you yes. know, valuing your family. And this is not that at all in my mind. <laughs> I, see, I thought you guys were agreeing with me for some reason. I'm watching this and I'm like, cause I, I'm one of those people where it's like, it's not a Christmas movie. It's a wonderful life. Well, why would we agree with you? We had this whole conversation. I think into wonderful life is a Christmas movie. And I think Jimmy I does too. Oh, Jimmy. Well, that, I, I thought you all, but I thought you both said that. I didn't realize. I forgot that you didn't think, I thought you didn't think it was a Christmas movie. I don't remember. I, I think it is a Christmas movie. Yeah, in comparison to this, I think it's more of a Christmas movie because I can't remember off the top of my head whether I thought it was or not. Because that's why I was like, in my mind, I was like... You know, it's got angels and shit like that, so... Yeah, because I see what you're saying because of the angels and all that and, like, the reflecting on your life, but I don't know. To me, it's like both just took place around Christmas time and, like, I don't know. I feel like it's about learning. Like, It's a Wonderful Life is one of those, like, learning type of movies. You know, like, what? Yeah, I know what you're saying. And then this is just like, no. <laughs> I want to see, like, that's why I was surprised. It's like, like, value yourself as a woman, this movie. During Christmas. This is more of a feminist type movie, in my opinion. And I thought it wasn't going to be. I thought it was going to be a romantic comedy. I had no look idea what the, this movie was about. Look at this poster. Look at this poster. Look how happy they are. I'll be honest. I... 100%. Look at this poster. I thought this look, was a thriller. Look look how happy they are walking and, and looking at each other. I thought this was going to be a thriller type movie. I thought it was going to be like an odd couple situation. That two guys look living that, in an look apartment. Look at that poster. Okay. Forever is in the listening podcast form. Jimmy's just shoving the screen in the camera. Yeah. Um, But. I think me funny. and Matt went into this completely blind. Well, I, this well, movie. I did he's, too. He's, you didn't see this before? I had never seen this. Uh, and I've always wanted to. Because I've heard Shirley MacLaine is supposed to be amazing. But the thing is, is like, I like have no idea anything about this movie, period. I thought it was going to be more like some like it hot where like, oh, they 
they they they they move into the same apartment by accident. Whoopsies. I thought it was about like odd couple, and, and then like, they're like sharing apartments, and then they're like, oh, it was gonna be a horror type thing. And like then they're like, horror. oh, I need the key so I can go sleep with my uh, secretary while my wife doesn't know where I am. I'm like, oh my my goodness. I thought it was gonna be like a spy thing. And when- then I wasn't sure once. Um, Shirley was it Shirley McLean who got like her ass slapped in the elevator by someone? Yes. Is it, then I was like. Is this like supposed? And then I, in my mind, I was like, "Is this just like it was filmed in the '60s, so like they could get away with that, or is this part of the plot?" That's no, part of the plot. Well, at that point, you didn't really know what the movie was about. You also okay, maybe because I've I've seen Mad Men that I kind of know like what Office '60s. Well, like, no, what no, 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 no. It's not that. It's just like straight up like what the movie was about. Yeah, I I didn't know if that was just. That because it was the sixties, that was just an element of the movie that, like, you know, you can get away with that back then. But like, or oh. if it was actually part of the story, which it was, because it's like Shirley MacLaine kind of being like her own woman. Yeah, but. like you said, it was an odd couple. I for some reason thought it was like a spy thriller type of thing that could possibly be horror. I don't know why. I thought that's what it was going to be. And then when it started off, I was like, I'm completely wrong about this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it was another one of those Goodwill Hunting. Though and- it is considered a romantic comedy drama. So I guess well, I was the closest. Yeah, you are yeah, the closest, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a. I guess yeah, romantic. It's a rom com. Yeah. I was, I was not expecting um, overdosing on pills to be a part of the. Oh my god. Equation. Me neither. So, I think yeah. we need to delve and, into that. And and I think um, the the extramarital affairs in the nineteen sixties. I wasn't ready for that. I was I was a bit shocked about that when the movie started. All right, let's get. Let's well, hold on. Let's uh, yeah. Um, but why were you shocked? Quick, why are you shocked by that? I don't know, because it was the 1960s, and for some reason, I feel like the 70s is where they were like, we can show fucking. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like the 60s is still a little pure. Well, I mean, they especially didn't show the, fucking. Especially just... the early 60s. Like, this is still like the 50s. I, I don't know. For some reason, when a movie's in black and white. This is a brand new white, decade. <laughs> when the movie's in black and white, I still think of like, um, um, what's what's the movie? With, the Dr. Train? With the leg. Oh, It Happened One Night? Yes. Oh. Well... Said the train because I got the wrong movie. I thought this was gonna be in color <laughs> based on the iTunes poster. It's a really weirdly like weird. It looks like AI because like Shirley MacLaine doesn't look like herself. It looks like, like an older like how like I picture her, her old now. face on, on like new... on like a drawn like animated body. And I'm like, hold on, I, have oh, to I guess see it's colored. Now. If anyone doesn't know, go look at the iTunes one because I was like, oh, I guess it's in color. And then it started in black and white. I'm like, oh, maybe like it goes back and like forth. Like Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Because I was like, what was the rise way before oh, that? Oh, I've so. seen this poster before. No. Yeah. yeah. See, romantic comedy. Who do I pick? Exactly. Um, okay, yeah. But before we, we're getting too deep, let's let's finish some other things first. Before we take a quick break, Jimmy, give us a summary about what the apartment is truly about. Of all the ways to climb the corporate ladder, C.C. Baxter, a loyal, resourceful, and cooperative clerk in a giant Manhattan insurance firm, has come up with the fastest. Lend a key to his convenient bachelor apartment to his womanizing bosses. Indeed, Baxter's strategy is infallible, and as the meek but ambitious employee is starting to enjoy the fruit of his labor, he catches the eye of the company's philandering big boss, Jeff D. Sheldrake, who of course wants a piece of the action. Now, Baxter can really give his career a boost. However, is there any room left for his blossoming love life? That was a little all over the place. That's what the movie's about. I know, but there was just a little all over the place. They don't even mention Charlie McLean. Do they not? No. Oh. Charlie McLean. Okay, we'll be right back. Hey, guys. This is B from Arbitrary Advice. Your one-stop shop for advice. Arbitrary and otherwise. 
We talk about anything and everything, from serious issues to internet challenges and life hacks. Have a question or topic you want covered? I'm available through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or email me at arbitraryadvicepodcast at gmail.com. My mission is to help people through their challenges, no matter the size. New episodes every Sunday and available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So we're back, number 100, The Apartment, as we always start the second half after break. Did you think? Do you think it should be on the top 250 list? Or do you think 100 is appropriate? Jimmy, we're starting with you. I think it's in the perfect spot. I really do. Okay, Kelly. Um, I think it deserves to be on here 100%. I have no problems with it being at 100, but I actually thought it should be anywhere between 50 and 100. I I I think fifty would be a bet. I'm kind of surprised you said hundred. I, I was. Th- think- I think it's in a great spot. I think it's in a very good spot. I, I think it I, should be on the list. Obviously, I think fifty would fifty or like forty five to fifty. I think would suit this better. Uh, I I want to stick with fifty to hundred because it's not that I didn't enjoy this movie. I actually really loved it. But again, like the biggest breakthrough was the story. But other than that, there was nothing like breakthroughy. Like you know, um, like. Uh, cinematography or anything i thought the directing was really good it was was i actually was like shocked at the best production win production design win only because like when i was reading the goofs in imdb they were like this apartment makes no fucking sense why the layout of it because they're like the way that the apartment is and the townhouse is it has all these windows that are looking outside, but they're mm-hmm. like, there should be no windows uh, there. Like that's supposed to be where Dr. Dreyfus is a point. That's what you're saying. Like apartment is. So in my opinion, I was just like, and they kept talking about the different goofs within the, the production of the, of the actual design of mm-hmm. the apartment. And I was like, huh, when you think about it now, that would never happen in a movie. Like, well, not, I was going to say it probably could, it could, but it would rarely happen in a movie that especially takes place in pretty much like one mm-hmm one set well, i also think that I, I do believe though that kelly is right it with? did beat psycho for art direction oh that was this year that was this year so i mean psycho did have like the motel and the house i mean psycho i, I think would just des- it has better design over yes. this movie the only thing too i think i can i i think because everything like psycho everything felt like it was like they could have just filmed it in the city like at the asian restaurant at the, the the I a lot I read a lot about the uh the offices that like that they like made a lot of kind of like little things to make it seem really long like they had like the set gets smaller no yeah and yeah they had like kids kind of like in the back to look like it was so long that, and so that mundane. one scene was great because mm-hmm. even as soon as I saw it when the movie first started I was like ah oh, I was like this is nice like yeah. this isn't real but this is nice. But the fact that the rest of the movie, like, we don't see that again after a while. So that really only is, like, in that opening type scene, like, that type of shot. Mm -hmm. But I was, like, when I was reading all the goofs and everything, I was just, like, it's so funny that it won for this. Mm -hmm. When it was, like, it technically has a lot of continuity or realism type issues with the design of the apartment that they made. What else was nominated, Jim? Do you have that still? Best Art Direction, Black and White. It was The Apartment, The Facts of Life, Psycho, Sons and Lovers, and Visit to a Small Planet. Okay. I only know two of those, so I can only base it on those two. Well, I mean, we saw Psycho. Yeah, no, sorry, I only know two of those, that's why. I have to say Psycho, I... Visit to a Small w- Planet is a sci-fi film, so... I figured that. 
I just also in my I like the production design. I see what you're saying, but I like the production design because everything felt very lived in and not a set. I can in my see opinion, it. it was a very cozy apartment. Like everything, like everything felt like they could have like the lobby. I was like, was that a real lobby or is that a giant set they built? No, no, no yeah, I can't. So, like, I'm not going to really like say it was bad. Like, yeah. it was good. It's not like it wasn't good. It's just like with like just the thought of that. Only the fact that like this is a main set piece. Mm-hmm. Like, if in comparison today, that probably wouldn't occur. Not saying that it could. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But like, that's what I'm saying. It's just it's funny. I just think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's funny that um, the doctor got nominated for an Oscar. Speaking of, the I Oscars, saw that and I was like, "What the he fuck?" Was good. I mean, he, he was, but like, I was like, "What?" <laughs> I liked the I I would because when I saw the second guy, I was like, "Oh, that must be the boss." I thought it was the boss too. He was good. I liked him. And then I looked at the well, list, also, but and I was like, "What?" He yeah, was, like always, cause he was never a villain. Like he's he always a Disney a, guy. Yeah, so yeah. I think people were just like. Oh no! I think this hurt his actual career. It did. This movie, <laughs> this and another movie he played like the bad guy, and I think he said after that never again. Which is shocking that like I just always love that that happened back then because I feel like that doesn't really. Yes, you can get typecast nowadays, but like, not it won't ruin your career. No, but think. back then, yeah, exactly. Your career was solely your typecast and your person. Like that was and you. Your per- yeah, yeah, your personality was you. So it's like I always just find it funny that that. It's how yeah. intertwined it was back then. That's why it's like people are just like now movie stars aren't on at the same caliber as they were then. You know what I just thought? Like what's a movie star now? Like There's only very few. Very few movie stars. Yeah. Like I think Jennifer Aniston recently did an interview and was talking about it. Like maybe over the summer or earlier this year and she was just like movie stars really don't exist in Hollywood anymore. Well, also, who was it? Was it Quentin Tarantino where it was like he was talking about the Marvel characters and it's like they're not movie stars. It's the character that became a star. Yeah, the characters. I don't love the whole trash on Marvel thing that happens a lot, but like I agree with that. It's more people are going for Captain America. And not Chris Evans. Yeah, I think it works in his favor that he's also there. It just depends. It's it it depends on how they do outside of yeah that character. There's only very f- I not think well. I think Jennifer Lawrence is a movie star. It's people now who can bring ticket sales. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio, I think, is a movie star. Leonardo DiCaprio is hands down a movie star and has not had to turn to television at all. Will, th- Will Smith up until like last year at the Oscars. I think if you uh, think of- after Earth. No, he had his bonds, but he still yeah, but Aladdin brought was his tickets. first billion dollar movie. But he still always brought butts in the seats. I guess if if I had except to pick a guy, after Earth. except for After Earth, if I had to pick a guy and a girl. Oh no! Be- and that um, what was that uh, one that he did where he played the slave? That was after, that was that was after that was, after, that was after the 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 Oscar slave. Yeah, there was one before that though. I was concussion he, or something. I don't know something oh, like that. He was hit or miss. I, I know Gemini you're Man. That. To me, if you had to pick a guy and a girl, it would be Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio, probably. I think Brad Pitt's still a star, a movie star. He got bullet trained to $100 million. Yeah, I, I don't consider him, like, the top one, though. Like, if I'm picking I, a top one. I don't know. Like, Brad Pitt, pretty much, like, bullet trained. Like, I know you guys didn't like the movie, but I'm like, he, like, Jimmy just said, he got that to $100 million. Brad Pitt movies, like, when you hear Brad Pitt's doing a movie now, it does generally well. I also think Sandra Bullock. Oh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Bullock. I, yeah. Would I put her over Jennifer Lawrence? I, I think I Sandra would, Bullock uh, yeah. be just because she doesn't do a lot, and when she does do something, it's kind of like the Lost City. Should which had I, Brad Pitt too. <laughs> but the Lost City is a movie that, and I, she also was in Bullet Train. <laughs> she was, yeah. 
I feel like Bird Box because they just did a, a remake of it and like that didn't do real. Well. Oh, I watched it. Yeah, Bird like, Box Barcelona. It was, it was her, so weird. But it was her that like when you sold it. like when you go see a movie with Sandra Bullock, you have a good time. You you do. It's yeah. congeniality. Well, that's what I have to say about Brad Pitt, too. But I'm also super Brad Pitt biased. I agree that he is in that list. But I consider him more of the Will Smith where, like, he has had things that aren't, like, box office successes. See, now Brad I would, Pitt? Yeah. I don't actually think he has had anything that's really failed at the box office in all honesty. In all honesty. They may not have explosive receipts, but I don't... I can't think of one that he has been in that was, Babylon. like... Oh, yeah, Babylon. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Brad Pitt has someone's... That, I agree on the list, but I would have to say like Will Smith's on the list. But if I had to choose two heads that like represented each one, probably Sandra Bullock and Leonardo DiCaprio. So now pivoting, still acting. But oh, now, Tom Cruise is a movie star. True. Yes, that's true. Uh, let's. Do hope we that, consider The Rock a movie star? I want to say he's in that Will Smith where it's like everything is like he brings butts in the seats. He brings that's butts all, in the seats. That's but, all that they matter. But no, but like Black Adam didn't bring a lot as many butts as he thought as they thought he was going to bring. But are we saying movie stars are only by the caliber of their box office or by their also critical box office? Nowadays stars? box office in my mind. I mean, yeah, I agree on the center, but I also think of critical like too. Mm-hmm. Like if you can bring like a a havesies, like The Rock, like he plays himself. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like, The Rock would still thrive, I think, back in, like, the 1960s and stuff like that. Yeah. Only because he plays himself in every single movie. Yeah. Like, there's no diversity among his character. Not really, no. No, like. But, yeah, he's in, like, that kind of. It's, like, there's, like, there's a few that are, like, you know, a movie. People will go for them. And then there's others that, like, it comes and goes with the movie. But you're definitely right. Like, Jennifer Lawrence, Sandra Bullock, and Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know another big actor with, like, that's, like, you have two on the women. Like, Leonardo DiCaprio is the only one I can think that, like, has never... Like, he makes an indie movie, and it still brings in a lot of money. Yeah. So I don't know another actor that does that that's not in that, like, waving kind of list. No, no. I think yeah. you're right. Like, I think Tom she's... Cruise, maybe. Maybe Tom Cruise. No, because The Mummy did terrible. Oh, that's true. The Mummy was really bad, and no one wanted to see The Mummy. And then Jack Reacher 2 didn't do well either. And then when he did Day and Night, that was really bad, too. That's true. That's true. That's true. When well, he, when he, like now, when he goes in, if he now he's does, Mission Impossible, so it's yeah, like, pretty yeah. much. If he does any movie that's under like a hundred fifty million dollar budget, like I think it's like people are just like this is trash. Yeah, it's he's all about the stuff. He's like he's more of a stunt man yeah. than like a movie star. Yeah, like as now, of yeah. now, yeah, yeah. But moving like so, like kind of switching it. There was one review that said um, one of the finest examples of a smart satirical comedy drama ever created for the screen. The film is extremely modern for 1960s and features a nonstop, uh, nonstop funny dialogue and clever talk. It kind of said what you were saying. Do you think that's why you were surprised by a lot of stuff? Because it was like not, it was modern for 1960s. No, because I I've seen Jack Lemmon and stuff, and he's very like that. Like that's the kind of like roles he takes. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of expecting that. Because I know you said like that, like some of the stuff was surprising for this movie. Yes, but but now but it wasn't that it wasn't but now because I'm, of that. No, but now I'm looking like okay. So this year we had the apartment and Psycho, and they both featured extra married or 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 not married mm-hmm. sexual encounters. The one thing that make me like put this one above it is because that was like the plot of the movie though. 
The pl- I mean, I get like Psycho. Yes, it's another reason. Like the whole plot is. Itself. But that was shocking to everyone. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like pl- the the like people were like, "Oh my goodness, she's in her lingerie yeah. in a bed with another man." I feel like the plots for both those movies were shocking in different aspects. But do you think like do you think everything was fly- firing on all cylinders for this movie? Oh yeah, Kelly. Oh, 100%. I'm so surprised at how much I like this movie. Like, you guys kept telling me how much you liked it, and I'm like, I'm still dragging my feet to watch it. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I really like this movie because I think I've said before, my biggest issue with black and white movies or older movies is I don't like the tropes they did back then. I don't like when they have that, like, lilt to their speech. I don't like Mm -hmm. when they just, like, say dumb shit. I, You know, like stereotypical stuff of older type movies so that's what i thought this movie was going to be going what was going to be for me going into so i wasn't that like excited about it but when i felt the characters felt like real people and the acting was more natural i was like holy shit this is a great movie like if this came out today it would still be a great fucking movie and like it still translates to today oh 100 percent so that's what I loved about it. Like yeah. Shirley MacLaine and Jack Lemmon, like so natural. Even the boss was yeah. like, even though he had a little bit of that more pompous like type of where bosses were, he still felt like a real person to yeah. me. And I, that's like one of the things that I always like am not a fan of in older movies. Like I don't like when, like you guys know what I'm talking about. Like there's yeah. that stereotypical older. Yeah, you see, you know, you know, yeah. Yeah, what are you doing, Charlie? Blah, 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 blah. Or like, oh, Mr. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. But like this movie, like even when Jack Lemmon's character picked up that married woman yeah. who had that thick, thick accent and was nowhere polished at all, but still felt like a real person to me. It wasn't over the top for me that much. She reminded me of a character from singing. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing because that character was... Oh, is that the one? My favorite character. Um, that they like. It's the actress who does not about, have like, a voice. In Babylon, though, they kind of like modeled yes, her they, uh, for Nelly in Babylon. Yeah. They, oh, that, okay. She does not have the voice for sound. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> getting that note. You don't have the voice for. for no, sound. that they were like they were like, uh, you can't do this. It was it's <laughs> so funny. Her character in that movie is great. But that's why I kind of pivoted like we were talking about before the two of them and even the boss like. They had, like, star power. Like, yeah. it was just, like, they knew what they were doing, and, like, they knew where they had to go. And I don't know if that's part of the directing because it seemed like it was very on script, but I did read that he let Jack Lemmon do whatever he wanted, and Shirley MacLaine was a little more, like, stick to the script more situation. Well, that's because she's a female. No, exactly. But I just say, like, both of them, even, like, if it was, if they if it, they were being directed that way or not, or if it was their, it was their ideas and stuff, it was just so, like, direct and like there was just like they knew exactly what they wanted and like the star power like were they big before this jack lemon was in some like it hot okay um, i think shirley mcclain was just as big too fred mcmurray was in because he didn't have he it as much TV. but the two of them had it but yeah like i just like i loved it i loved how they felt like real people mm-hmm. i liked that i could relate to them like the way they were even speaking like yeah they weren't using like stupid lingos or anything like that they were just talking like normal fucking people yeah and i loved it like i i i, I, I couldn't i can't tell you how much i love the dialogue in this the, the, script the di- is so good it was a very talking movie which i like which i'm always a fan of but i also think like but clever but clever it was very smart in the script and I think, like, one of the things that my one critique is, like, I think that the first half was so 
witty and fun, and then it got a little dark where I'm like, I wish it was a little more of a balance at the second half because it got so dark and it sort of became more of a classic rom-com that's like, oh, like something bad happened to the girl. Let me take care of her. We're going to fall in love while we're in the apartment together. I think so, but I also think not. I actually think it went a little against the rom-com. Do you think? In the sense that when he found out that they were actually in a relationship rather than, I mean, he did back away a little bit, but he didn't treat her like dirt. No. You know, like it, even now in like Disney Channel movies, Hallmark movies, mm-hmm. anything like those movies, when something like that happens, when they find out that, oh, wait, you were actually sleeping with this person, the the guy turns into a massive fucking jerk. And it's just like, bye, bitch. Like, you ruined my life, even though you didn't know how I felt or anything like that. Like, with Jack Lemon's character, he she treated him like dirt, like with the decision she made. But he still, like, kept his, like, whatever, like. I still like you. I still think you're a great person. And he didn't hold it against her. That's why it's not a super bad thing in me saying that. But it was just like one of those things where it's like it dinged it a little bit because like I noticed just like a oh, like they're like skirting the trope. The very end was very tropey. Yeah. So that's why I'm like if they would have kept it more. And I feel like we've talked about that a lot with older movies. Like the first half is so much stronger than the second half. And both are very strong. But like. There was just like a hairline of a difference between the first and second. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you 100% because it's like at the end of the day, these older movies have to end the way that people want it to end. Exactly. And like I I was, there was a bunch of reviews and like this is one of them. It was titled the good first part, long and boring second part. I don't agree with the second part, but this is what they said. The apartment starts off in a very catchy way by original dynamic, finely directed plot that arouses curiosity and impatience as, uh, as to the following developments. Unfortunately, the movie turns after an hour into a behind closed doors love story where the rhythm drop where the rhythm drops significantly simultaneously with the interest for the conventional and schmaltzy romance when the when they struggle to find a second wind when they when the second wind comes it's kind of like past the point of no return for this person but i agree with like that like it was a shift but like it didn't ruin the movie for me I can agree with what he was saying a little bit because i was really entranced with the movie the entire first hour and you know once you know spoiler alert obviously but like once she overdoses and it got a little darker i was a bit concerned about where it was going and i did feel it dragged on a tiny bit mm-hmm. not a lot yeah. like maybe like 10 minutes too yeah. long but i also thought she was going to die so that's why i thought it was still going to turn into like a murder mystery type thing where he was like holy shit she's dead no one knows where she is holy fuck i thought that too because the way he was like covering still and all that and i'm like i feel like at one point she's gonna it's gonna turn into like a weekend at bernie's where he's that's trying what to i hop. thought I, I did have that thought at first and i was like which is why i like the movie i didn't know where it was gonna go and that made me so happy for a movie that's in 1960 i, I that was a really big plus for me how do you feel about the pacing jimmy I thought the pacing was fine. I I did think it moved quicker in the first hour, and then it kind of just the pacing kind of slowed a little bit once that they were in the apartment together. But I think by the end of the film, you kind of didn't know where it was going. So mm-hmm. that's what I liked about it. Like I, I would have been fine with either her staying with him or doing her own thing, or and her going back to him. It wasn't like a breakfast at Tiffany's where I was like, I cannot believe she stayed with him because that was so against that character. Like her character, I I can see doing what she wants. 
I think that's what was good about this movie. Like, and that's why you never knew it was going to happen because the characters, like Kelly said, felt so real, and you can see them doing A or B, no matter what the script was going to do. And I'm like, oh, I can see them doing either way. Where is it going to go? Yeah. So I'm not upset with it, but I'm I was curious. And it had a great new way to strain your spaghetti. <laughs> Are you going to do that now? I need a tennis racket, but yeah, because I hate straining spaghetti. I, I just don't like so it. So you think putting on a, a tennis racket is so much easier? Probably not. The way you said probably, I was about to be like, you're not making pasta anymore. But And then did he put the meatballs <laughs> on top of it too? Didn't he like yeah. serve it on the, on the... I think he did. <laughs> yeah. But um, what, do you, what I also loved about Shirley MacLaine's character is like exactly what we've been constantly saying. Like she felt real. And, like, you could see her going back and forth and it wouldn't matter Mm because it's, like, it's innately, like, the way she played her character. But also it's, like, the way she was just, like, I'm not fucking dumb. Like, I know what you're doing. And she knows what she was doing. And she knew exactly what she was doing. And it's, like, I think that's why it also feels more of a type of, like I said, I felt like a feminist type movie because she was just, like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm owning exactly to what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, yes, I like I'm upset about it, but I'm like I only have myself to blame. Like she didn't blame anyone else yeah. but herself for the choices that she made. Yeah. And I, I just like and also that to the directing also, I feel like it was just so like specific and what he like I said before, like what he wanted that like you're able to get her character from like really the first five seconds. Yeah. Jack Lemon, it took me a second to kinda like him. Uh, uh I disagree with that. With her, I thought like with Jack Lemon, I could see he was a kind of like a pushovery type person to just get whatever he wanted. Her, I was not expecting her to be the side piece for the boss because she seemed like such a strong, independent woman woman. Oh, really? Yeah, I kind of I uh, kind of have reverse. Yeah, I think I, I got her out. character. I felt her character like what she was like what who she was quicker than Jack Lemon because I feel like Jack Lemon like. I wasn't sure really what type of like businessman he was, but I was also trying to figure out the plot. But I also myself. like when I like the, when the boss was like, "Oh, I want, I want the apartment key." It took me a minute to be like, "Oh, it's going to be for Shirley MacLaine." I mean, it kind of passed through my head, but I was like, mm, "I don't know if I can see her doing that." And then I'm like, "Oh, it was Shirley MacLaine." But yeah, I get what you're saying about. Like, I get what Jimmy's saying. Yeah. And I get what you're saying about Jack Lemon's character. Mm-hmm. Because at first you thought he was going to be, he could be, he was going to be this, like, wimpy guy who was just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But, like, he also was just like, no, you can't come to my apartment. Like, yeah. I'm sick. Because I wasn't sure like, if he but, was going to be, like, the still, womanizer. But he still let them come to the apartment. He did. But the thing is, is that the fact that he, like, I don't know, like. The only time he, he ever He was said, just like, all right, all right, fine, whatever. You can do it here, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't feel, like, Weasley to me. It was just like fine, whatever. I don't want to deal with this, you know. No, it in felt that sense. it felt more like like the only time he ever said no was when she was in the apartment recovering. That was the only time you ever you ever figured it out like that that he would say no. But to me, I was more in the beginning because when they were talking, when they were talking about Sharon McLean, with him and not the main the one that ended up being like his main boss, but like one of the other bosses, I was like, oh, is he gonna be like the womanizer character? But I was also just like I said, trying to figure out the plot myself. Which makes it a good story. Like I just yeah, I didn't you know. know. And like, and if I was wrong about Shirley MacLaine, it still wouldn't bother me. Where I was like, well, it's the left turn because I'm like, oh, like I don't know where it's going, but it's going somewhere good. And like it's they built up, built up, built up, and which is why I think the first half was so much, not so much stronger, a little stronger. Where it's like, because then at the second half you were like, 
okay, we, we understand who everyone is. And now, like, we're just in this apartment, which felt a little, like, claustrophobic compared to, like, the first half. I feel like that the reason why the second half felt that way is because you knew that they were just going to, it was just them falling in love. Exactly, And that they were yeah. going to fall in together. So it's kind of like, from here on out, I don't know exactly where it's going, but I have a good idea that it's going to end up either she stays with him or she stays with the boss. Yeah, and I and and I, I think that's probably it's like the anticipation and the highness of, that you got from the first act where you're yeah. just like, what the hell's going on? It lowered because you were just like, okay, she's woken up. She has to stay at his apartment now. Hijinks mm-hmm. will probably ensue to an, to an yeah. extent and they're going to fall in love. Because I think I had that same criticism where it happened one night which was like another romantic comedy that I really liked, like older one. Because I feel like the first half, it's like they kind of built this whole story and you're like very interested. And then the second half, you just know where it's going to go. Yeah. Because you know they're going to fall in love. The biggest one that I think we watched, um, what was that Jimmy Stewart movie where we loved? Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, where we loved, absolutely loved the female lead. And then she fell into a random trope that came out of nowhere. And we were just like, yeah. The only difference that's, with this that ruined it. That, that's my opinion on on breakfast at Tiffany's. Watch well, what I'm saying. I think the difference with this one is that, like we said before, like there was nothing that happened that the you're like that makes no sense for that character. Yeah, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yes, it wasn't her character. I never saw breakfast at Tiffany's, but that wasn't good with her character. And even it happened one night. It wasn't really with their characters, but like it kind of like you just you knew more than the apartment that it was going to happen. It was mm-hmm. more like. Oh, like, there's not even a chance they're getting together. Yeah. Yeah. But, but just, I would have been fine if they didn't. Like, no, yeah, that would have been fine, too. I actually, like, I think it would have, like, now in modern days, I was like, people would probably prefer she wouldn't have gotten together yeah. with him. But back then, it's like, again, we'll go the Mr. Miss, with Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, it's like, it has to end on a certain note. But I did like that they didn't have to, like, run and kiss, and that's how the movie ended. It was like, oh, they played cards. It could have been like, oh, they could have just kind of, tried it and then they stayed friends or they became like in a relationship it wasn't this big romance yeah and that's it what i really a, liked too it was a subtle like because they like, started with her like running me? and i'm like no please don't like that doesn't make sense like to run and be like i love you i'm gonna profess my love that's that's literally breakfast at tiffany's where the entire movie she's like i'm gonna do what i want uh yeah you're you're here okay that's fine yeah i'm gonna do what i want i'm gonna go to france today like blah, blah, blah. and then like she decides to just run in the rain and, and i like run back to him and we were like i was like what what even like <laughs> Truman Capote who wrote the book was like yeah that's not how I wrote that character at all I, like that is not the ending but I this want. one it was like oh they play cards and she was still herself she's like shut up like just do like we're we're just hanging out right like, now deal like, the fucking cards don't, don't try and start anything about what like we're not like, let's not define it right now like <laughs> I just like that it was very casual like it, it could have gone either way with like she ran to like stay friends with him or she ran to be with him and that I like but do you think that the, like, I mean, did you guys like It Happened One Night a lot? It was good. I liked it for, like, what it was for the time. I know for, like, these two movies, like, I just was surprised by them. And then I read one of the reviews where it's, like, they don't make them like this anymore. Where it's, like, this kind of, like, more wholesome rom-com. And maybe that's, like, I never, re- I'm, I'm more in the new age rom-com where it's a totally different type of movie. And, like, that's why I'm appreciating these movies well, you more. Well, don't, you don't watch Hallmark. No. Would you compare these to Hallmark type? That that those are those those are the um the family friendly rom coms now. I guess. Uh, I guess so. Because with those two, it's just like it was just so. You got to the point without doing certain things that like certain hijinks wouldn't occur that would happen now. And I'm like maybe that's why I'm loving these movies too because it's just like 
I like, I mean, like, I always like the romantic comedies. Like, they're fun to watch. But, like, these are just, like, ones I've never watched. It's, like, shocking me how I, good they are. I think it's just more so that it's, like, it's fun to watch, like, how, like, the begin the first chapters of these, like, genres. Mm-hmm. Like, just to be, like, holy fuck, they were doing this all the way back then? Yeah. And then, like, it also is sad how much we have, like, destroyed these type of genres as time has gone on and oversaturated them. AKA Hallmark type movies. That and I think where Walt- it's like literally like a Hallmark movie would kind of be this minus probably the overdosing um part. I don't think that would happen in a no. Hallmark movie. She would pre- no. it would, like someone tra- they like, would start the movie already. It would, be like they, it would be like awkward. MTV's awkward where it's like sh- they think she like accidentally tried to kill herself. No, I feel like with this. Hallmark they would have started where it's like she has a troubled past. And, like, that's where they talked about it. And then she moves to this, like, city. It was funny when you were just like, you don't think Hallmark movies are like this? And I was like, absolutely fucking not. No. But it's like, this is how much we have butchered and ruined the romantic well, comedy genre. Too. I wonder if, like, when they say they don't make them like this anymore, it's like romantic comedies that have the caliber to be nominated for an Oscar. Like, what what was the last romantic comedy? I know there's one recent, like, within the last 10 years. I can't remember what it is, though. That, like, is, like, a romantic comedy, but, like, the care that was put into this movie and the technique is worthy of an Crazy Oscar. Rich Asians. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe that's also what they're trying to say. And I, I kind of agree with that. No one puts that much care into like rom-coms where they can go a little darker or they can, you know, have complex layers to everything. Okay. I, these are not rom-coms that they're giving me. What are they giving you? The theory of everything. <laughs> the- <laughs> uh, I, I understand. No, no. Hold on. Hold on. I see where that comes from. The favorite. Promising young <laughs> woman. Bridesmaids. <laughs> Okay, no, brides, bridesmaids. bridesmaids can't. They got nothing for this uh, screenplay. So Marriage I, Story. Oh my god. Ah, no, the Shape of Water. No. Oh, no. oh my god, absolutely not. Okay, I was thinking of Bridesmaids, where it got nominated for screenplay. Oh, Silver and, Linings Playbook. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a hundred percent that too, and that was Best Picture and stuff like that. But it's also like I don't it's like so Silver, rare nowadays. I don't even like Silver Linings Playbook <sighs> for the com- no. I love, I that, love movie. that movie. I mean, I don't like it for the romance. I like it for the stories of the individual stories of Jennifer Lawrence character and Bradley Cooper's character. But I like the I like the unconventional, like, you know, not typical romance that the movie has. It's a fun. It's oh, a fun no, no, time. no. I yeah. love it. Like, I own it. I just like it, when it when I think of romantic comedies, that doesn't pop out to me because like yeah. their romance isn't like important to me in the movie at all. Yeah. Like they could be best friends and it still works for me. True, true. That's I think that's what I was thinking of because it was like that best picture won a bunch of stuff and stuff like that. So I mean, before I move on to the back half, I did. There is one that I kind of wanted to read where it's someone wrote top five things wrong with the apartment. Oh gosh. Number five: corporate executives have never needed to borrow shabby apartments from an office of, for an office affair. That's what hotels and cash are for. I'm like one. This would definitely happen, especially back then. Probably now. I can definitely see that. No, happening. but they also they address that in the movie. Yeah. They were like, why not go to a hotel? And then he's just like, what? He's like... It's too I far. I knew much money. Because <laughs> it's like, literally, I can see that being a movie. Well, it is this movie. But, like, I can see it being like, oh, we all chipped in on, like, a, a apartment that we all share and have a schedule for. Yeah. They can make this movie in a different way. That's where very it's very Wolf of Wall Street thing. But I'm saying where it's not the rom-com aspect, but the aspect of the apartment where it could be a different movie and be made today. No, like, that could definitely happen. Because, exactly, Wolf of Wall Street. They did that shit. I think they did. Yeah, I think there was like an apartment they all went yeah. to. Yeah. Like not even just that, but like the parties they had, all that yeah. shit. Like they did that shit for real. So it's like, yeah, they would exactly. fucking do that. Number four, 
nor do executives openly expose themselves as cat and philand- as philand- philanderers to their underlings. Okay. I'm have, like, they, have they never? When walked? did this person wrote? Write I don't this? know, but it, they're they're older. It seems like based on their writing. <laughs> Number three. Far from being a hero, the tenant Jack Lemonin is blindly ambitious and sleazy for vacating his apartment whenever his bedroom is needed by the bosses. If he charged them for it, he'd still be despicable, but at least he wouldn't be a fool. I'm like, did they change the sheets? Because that was bothering me in the movie. I think he did. I think like you kind of—they didn't show him changing, but like you, he showed like kind of like cleaning up after every person. Yeah, there's just drinks, though. I think to me that gave that he, he kind of like went through the apartment. I clean. think he's like the perfect Airbnb host for Airbnbs. <laughs> Um, but I thought that was funny because I'm like, one, did you not watch the movie? He did. He d- wasn't charging them so he can get to the top of the like the corporate ladder. Yeah. Uh, two, the girl Shirley MacLaine is simultaneously tough talking and so vulnerable, invulnerable that she becomes suicidal when her boss treats her like a whore. She's no victim. She had an affair with a married man. That he doesn't respect her. Big surprise. I'm like, you don't ever. You didn't understand this movie. Also, like that's like a human character. Like <laughs> they can be flawed. This person. Seemed a little angry at this movie. And then number one, all these things add up to Billy Wilder and screenwriter IAL Diamond trying to have it both ways, comedic and tragic. Yeah, that's why it's a fucking good movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I have a bad review here that I enjoyed. What was it? Um, this is from Carolina on Letterboxd. Okay. It was a one-star review. Okay. And it's a jarring watching experience in 2023. Hotels must have not been a thing in the 60s. And the most unrealistic part of the movie was the $95 rent and 70 cent taxi, taxi fee. <laughs> well, someone said that. They're like, I couldn't take it seriously because I couldn't believe it anymore. I'm like, what? Like, who are watch- Like, who who watches movies? I'm like, sometimes when people write reviews, I'm like, what? who who gave you ability to, like, own a house or, like, own buy anything in your life? Because, like, you can't, <laughs> you have no, no, you very questionable, t- very questionable things. But, um... Would you want to see this remade? Um, I was me- thinking... I want it reversed. Well, remade. no, I think they have, like, done remakes on it, but, like, not official remakes, but, like, you know, based off of it. Because I feel like in 2023, this movie could still be really good. I mean, granted, they probably ruin it somehow, but it has the bones to be such a good remake. This is a Netflix remake. Yeah, but, like, in the current times, it would be such an in interesting current, thing. In current times, I don't think a movie like this would be able to survive as, as a big release. Yeah. But it definitely is a streaming movie. But do you, but like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the concept of like oh, just no. flipping it is such an interesting remake possibility. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it, I think like now it works like either way, whether yeah. it would be a man or yeah. women who are doing it. I think the movie, this movie, could definitely work. But I'm sad to say that it would only work in a streaming landscape for me. Like, mm-hmm. I can't see this working well with a big wide release. Like, yeah, I can't yeah. see this bringing people in. Yeah. Unless for would... some reason it had like Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> or like a big enough star that people would be like, yeah, let me go see a typical, like what they, what people will probably call now a typical rom-com. Yeah, I'm trying to think who I would like cast the main two, but I couldn't even begin. Um, Anything else? Any other reviews you want to share? Anything else before we move on? I would like to see this as a stage adaptation, but like not a musical. I was like, not a musical. Promises. Did you hear my shock? I'm honestly surprised it musical. hasn't been I want to see it as a, as a, you know, a, a talkie play. So just, I am surprised that hasn't just happened, actually. Just talky? I just want to hear them talk. So, the movie good game today. I went the, to and then I stopped. On the top is... On the top is animated genre drama released from 2010 oh. to 2023. Well, what was the middle one? 
genre drama. Oh, okay. I heard genre drama. No. <laughs> and then on the left side, it's Jamie Foxx, Haley Steinfeld, and Seth Rogen. So let's begin with animated and Jamie Foxx. Play along with us, everyone. I don't remember. Oh, no. I got that's Will Smith. So we'll skip. Jamie Foxx, jo- drama. Was he in? Who Did he do the voice of Soul? Yes. Soul. Don't care for With that Tina Fey. <gasps> Amazing. I know. We've gotten a I huge know. thing about that. Uh, drama, Jamie Foxx. I'm trying to pick one out from I like mean, the deepest recesses. But also, Collateral. I was going to say also don't pick one that's from 2010 to 2013. Collateral. Collateral. I was going to say Ray. Sometimes I get nervous. I'm like, are they going to count as a drama? Because they're weird sometimes. Collateral is definitely a drama. No, I know, but sometimes I'm just like. <laughs> oh, yeah, lately? As yeah. You know the Marvel movies specifically. Yeah. Uh, released uh, from 2010 to 2013. Hmm. No, 23. Well, they cloned Tyrone, but I don't know if how high that would be because it just recently came out. Do you want me to do that, Pat? Yeah, let's oh, okay. do that one. I was trying to think of like one, like an even deeper one. <clears throat> 9.2. Okay. Haley Steinfeld animated. I mean, we all know the Spider-Verse ones. Oh, I the forgot f- she was in there. The first one you want me to put? Uh, yeah, okay. just do the first one. I'm trying to think of the one that have a lower one. It's drama. Haley Steinfeld. True Grit. True Grit. Oscar nominated. Not Grit. I didn't realize. I did. Okay. True Grit. And then Haley Steinfeld, 2010, 2023. You can just kind of book it. I'm trying to think of what that spy movie is she did with Sophie Turner. It was like a VOD one. Oh. Uh, but I can't remember the name of it. Oh, it's it's called Barely Legal, I think, or Lethal or something. Barley. R, E, L Y. Which one? Lethal or legal? I don't remember. I'm gonna say lethal because it's a spy. I don't know. Let's do lethal. This might lose you. You had an obvious answer, (laughs) and you're about to lose. You have a a chance. I mean, we could we could go with the easy like a. Oh, you're lucky. Oh, (laughs) I was like, I know it. Seth Rogen animated. Wasn't he in Mute, 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 yeah. Mutant Mayhem? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I know. Uh, I was like, <laughs> Jimmy, you having problems? Tanaj. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Seth Rogen drama. Uh, what's the the one they just made out? They just came out. Um, yeah, but is it you knocked up? No, that's not gonna be. No, a drama, I don't think. I don't know if that's a drama. What's what's the movie? Uh, I'm with, not playing. What's I'm, the one I'm with, typing. with Paul Dano. Why are you not playing? What's the one with Paul Dano? Oh, the got the GameStop, the GameStop one. one. Dumb money. In, yeah, type in GameStop movie. Um, released from 2010 to 2023. Pineapple Express is that 20 2009? I don't know. That's too close. This to is that. the end. Is he in? This is the end. Yeah, but I don't... Mm, Which one was I going Those on? are too close. Oh, God. Oh, give me a second. <laughs> Seth Rogen. You could have done Dumb, dumb I actually Mummy think here, Pineapple Express Within Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising. Oh, that one might be a good one. Yes, the Guys, sequels. you made it. You're in the top 8% of players What are the today? most correct guesses? Soul, Ray, Baby Driver. Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, True Grit, Pitch Perfect 2, Sausage Party, uh, The Fablemans, and This is the End. Okay, moving on. MVP, LVP. Jimmy, what is your most valuable player? Oh, my. Um, the writing. Kelly? The writing. I'll go with Billy Wilder. And then your LVP, Jimmy, your least valuable player. That hat. 
That was a very he ugly spent hat. A lot of money. I did not like that hat. Okay. It did not look good on him. Kelly. Um it's between Mrs. Olsen and the boss's wife. I don't know. Who's that? Mrs. Olsen, the, uh, the that secretary. secretary. Oh. No, I liked her because she was like, I was like you fire me? Okay, you know what? I got to have a talk with your wife. Hold I guess on the boss's second. wife because she lost. <laughs> also, I thought it was wild that it, during Christmas, he just like picked up the phone and like was talking about overdose. I'm like, the, okay. He's like, sorry, I can't come. I, I'm busy. I'm like, whoa, this is too much. I'll mind that just the pacing was a little off after the second half. Uh, moving on to the final thing before Jimmy gives us clues for next week. What? Oh, I, I started this one. Uh, I was like, what will you give it? I will give this a 9 out of 10. <laughs> this has to load. This one is uh, like... I saw Jimmy was like panicky. He's like, oh God, I have to get the calculator. And then... The what'd cal- you give it? A 9 out of 10. Kelly. I give it a 9. I have to give it a 10. Whoa. We are very one, over. Zero. <laughs> a 9.3. A point above. It was 8.3. We did 9.3. Jimmy, please close us out with the clues for next week. Okay. Clue one. Although the spot couldn't be tighter, it's a cozy room for my favorite writer. After school meeting, don't mind if I do. Maybe I'll teach you a thing or two. Is that clue one? I just watched it. They only said the first part. In the movie. Clue two. No, no. That, that is Hey, handsome one. man, let's go undercover. You be the hero and I'll be his lover. Let's head on over to the little brown house. We'll play hot, doting husband and sweet, loving spouse. Clue three. Picture me. I'm a girl who is very bad. I need to be punished and punished, I mean had. It's where you keep goodies for anniversary five, so open the door and look alive. Okay. With that. Also, it has one of the best mon- 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 monologues in film history. The cool girl monologue. Um, that is it, that is it for the apartment, guys. Uh, look forward to... Next episode, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can hear us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and we want to hear what you think, so leave us a review. Give us some likes on social media, at Pop Review. Click around www.poppoorreview.com. Become a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash review for exclusive content and drink recipes. And one last thing before you go, make sure to check out the Titan Media Collective and Titan Cast Network. Enjoy the rest of your movie Monday. That was a Titan cast episode.